Hi everyone, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, before we get into today's podcast, let's get into our shout outs here. Um, we have listeners from the Utah area, so if you are from St. George, uh, Salt Lake City, or Eagle Mountain, uh, we're grateful that you guys are listening with us. Also from the Washington, D.C. area, uh, we're grateful that you're listening to the podcast and from Idaho. So if you're from Boise, Eagle, or Meridian, Idaho, we're so grateful that you guys are listening and we're grateful that you guys are, uh, you know, with this family with us and we're grateful that we can learn together. So thank you guys for those areas and I appreciate you very much. All right. So let's get into today's podcast. Um, originally I had planned on doing something else, but I'm not ready for that one yet. So, you know, I don't want to talk on something that I'm not ready to talk about yet. Um, but for this one, I, you know, I was thinking about this this week and I think today we're going to talk about the topic, but godliness with contentment is great gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So, so let's kind of introduce this. So as we, um, as we journey, um, we have, we have certain goals and we have dreams that we want to accomplish, right? So some of us, you know, some, some of us, you know, you might want a new car. That's great. Some people might want more, you know, more money. Some people might want your own space, right? Your own house, your own apartment, whatever that is. Those are all good things to strive for, all good things to have. Um, but what happens sometimes is on the journey to achieve, on the journey to get something, on the journey to, to find a physical reward, on those journeys, sometimes we can find ourselves in a space in the middle. And what I mean by in the middle is a space where you're not there yet, but you're still working towards it. That's what I mean by the middle. So you're kind of in that space in the middle where sometimes we can find ourselves complaining that we don't have those things yet, or we find ourselves complaining about the space that we're in right now. And so one thing that my parents have taught me, one thing that the, that the word of God has taught me and otherwise men and women have taught me, they've taught me that if you complain on the road to getting certain things, when you get those certain things, you're going to complain when you get those two. So when you complain on the road to get those things, you will complain when you get them too. So the question becomes, how can I learn as I strive to want better for myself, as I strive to want, you know, better for me? How can I learn to have a great attitude as I'm traveling on that journey? And that's what we're going to discuss. And so that's why I entitled this one, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So let's, let's look at this real quick. So let's take our Bibles here and let's go to first Timothy chapter six, first Timothy chapter six, verse six. And so the, the verse is what the title of the podcast is. Right. So again, if you're new to the podcast, please open up your Bibles and your tablets with us so we can study this together. Okay. And you can go back and look at this for yourself. So whenever you study the Bible, you can't just look at one verse and just kind of take the principle out of it. So what we're going to do, just so if you just look at verse six now, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Right. 
So we're going to look at the context in a second, but here's, here's what we have to do first. So before you and I can understand the concept of godliness with contentment is great gain, we have to be this first. And this is what we have to be. We have to be mature before we can understand verse six. And so let's talk about being mature first. So maturity is literally defined as being fully grown or developed, having shown the qualities of an adult. Fully grown or developed, having shown the qualities of an adult. You see, my definition of mature has changed over the years. Growing up, I used to think if you were in your middle 20s or late 20s, or 30s or 40s. And I used to think if you had this car, if you had this job, if you had this place, if you had this, then in my mind, I thought you were mature. But that's not maturity. Even if you are older in age, even if you have certain things, even if you have your dependents, it doesn't mean you're necessarily mature. And even if you're older, it doesn't always mean you're mature either. And we're going to look at that in scripture later. And so you and I, if we're in this space, will never be able to truly understand verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain because we're too immature. We're too immature. And so here's three things we need to understand before we move forward. You and I have to be mature in three of, in three ways before we can even get into our text. So number one, what's the first way we can be mature? Number one. In order to understand this concept, you have to be mature with yourself first. You have to be mature with yourself. So here's the thing. God always is ready to bless his people. But he will not do it if you're not ready. He won't. So look at this. So Mark, Mark, first uh, Timothy six and go to Hebrews chapter five. Hebrews chapter five. And I want you to look at verses uh, 11 and 12 of Hebrews chapter five. Now in this text, what's happening is all of Hebrews is about that. Jesus is better than the old law. Jesus is better than everything. Right. And so he's comparing certain things here in Hebrews chapter five, but here in verse number 11, notice what the Hebrews writer says. He says of whom we have many things to say and heard to have been uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have one that teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become as such as of need milk and not strong meat. And so notice what the Hebrews writer is saying here. He's saying, look, they were they loved the Old Testament and the old law so much that they were not ready to go to the New Testament and to Jesus because Jesus is better. So the Hebrews writer is saying, look, y'all are so stuck in the Old Testament that I can't teach you the new things yet because you're so stuck there. And so he compared it to milk and meat. So he said, look, the Old Testament is the milk. I'm trying to get you to grow and mature to chew on some meat, but you're so stuck here. So how can you be spiritually blessed if you don't want to leave where you used to be? And so the same concept here, you have to be mature with yourself if you want the Lord to help you. 
And so many times what happens is in your life and in mine, and I, I'm guilty of these as well. Many times when things don't work out and when things aren't working right now, aren't we the last ones that we blame? So it's never my fault. It's never your fault. It's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? It's always your situation. It's always this person. It's always what you, it's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? See, here's what being mature does. Being mature physically, just as a, just as a human being and spiritually being mature, never puts the blame on somebody else. Being mature figures out solutions. And so we can find ourselves in that space that I was talking about before. We can find ourselves in that space as we're working towards getting better physically and spiritually. We can find ourselves in a space where all we do is complain and all we do is blame others. But here's the question. When you blame others and when you complain, how productive is that? Have you sat there and thought about that for a second? How productive is it? If you just sit there and complain about things not going your way. See, being mature in those tough situations too. being mature means asking yourselves when things don't go right, when you're disappointed. All right, how can I do better? How can I improve? What can I do more? Immature people blame their situation. Immature people blame others. Immature people always complain. And so I learned this lesson from dad. Dad taught me this lesson. And I'm grateful to him or to mom and dad, but I'm grateful to both of them to this day because I used to be number one, always blaming, always complaining. And so there was a time where I wasn't making much money. And so I was living in a house with my brother that my parents owned. Um, but it was it was only owned for a while until the new guy set it up and sold it. Right. So we're living there and we're living there rent free. Right. And so I was kind of in this space where I was working hard, but like I didn't have any. I kind of lost my drive. I lost my my goals of where I wanted to be. I kind of lost it for a little bit. And this was at like 25, right, 25, 26 years old. And. What happened was one day dad called Gerald and I in and he said, all right, so he said, so the house is going to be sold in exactly a year from this date. And he said, so from this point on, you're going to be paying rent for staying in that, in that house. And then he said, number two, what you're going to do is you're going to pay rent, but you're also going to make sure you clean it and make sure it's ready for when the new guy comes in. So then you kind of sit here and complain, well, I got to pay rent. I got to pay rent to live in my parents' house. You know, other parents don't make them pay rent. Why do I got to pay rent? Why do I got to do this? I could be saving that money. I could be, you know, these are all the ideas that are going on in my mind while this conversation is happening. And then after Gerald leaves and dad tells me, he says, hey, so by the way, he said, so this is what's going to happen. He says, I don't know what you're going to do. He said, but you have to figure this out. He said, you're going to have to start paying rent. He said, then what you're going to do, he said, you need a new car and you need your own place. He said, so you have exactly one year to get all three of those things. And mind you, I've just got a minimum wage job at the time. 
So I'm like, man, there's no way there. It's impossible. How can I do all this? So then for so long, all you can do is complain and complain and complain and complain. But then it got to the point where I needed that push from my parents. I needed that push. And so instead of complaining, it because I'm on a time clock now, so I'm, I'm wasting my time complaining. So now instead of complaining, all right, let me ask for extra hours at work. All right, let me go. Let me go preach other places and let me use that money and, and save that for something. And it's crazy that exactly a year after we had that conversation, the Lord has blessed me with a new car. The Lord has blessed me with a, with a place and the Lord has blessed me with a job. It's great. But guess what I had to learn how to do during that process? Number one, I had to be pushed to be more mature. And then number two, I had to do the work. And number three, I had to trust in the Lord. I had to do that. And so you can't be godly and you can't be content if you're not mature. You'll always, always complain. And it's always somebody else's fault. And so, number one, in order to have godliness with contentment, you have to be mature with yourself. Then number two, in order to have godliness with contentment, you have to be mature with others. Look at Luke chapter two. Look at Luke chapter two. And look at verse number uh, number 52. And again, as, as we're turning there, the, the one thing that I'm grateful to mom and dad about that first one, being mature with yourself, is they never gave me anything. They, I mean, they did. They get, they didn't give me a cent. So when I didn't have any money, they didn't slip. All right, here's a hundred dollars here. Oh, here's two hundred dollars here. Oh, here's this here. They, they gave me expectations, and I was answerable to stuff. And some people might say, well, well, that sounds mean. Well, that sounds strict. Well, that sounds. See, the, the great thing about being a teacher is and being a parent is a parent and a teacher is not here to be your best friend. They can develop into that, but a parent and a teacher is here to help you grow and mature. And in order to do that, at times, guess what I might not be? I might not be your best friend. I might not be somebody you want to talk to all the time. That's fine. I've accepted that role. And as a parent, they've accepted that role as parents, but you do what's best for people. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing about being mature with yourself. All right. So then look at this. So not only do you need to be mature with yourself, but you need to be mature with others. Look at Luke 2, uh, verse number 52. Now look at what Jesus did. It says, and Jesus, he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor, notice, with God and also with man. So as you work towards these goals that we were talking about before, maybe you want a new car, maybe you want a better financial situation, maybe you want your own place. As you're working towards these things, one thing that you cannot do, you will not and you cannot get there by yourself. You you think you will, but you can't. You cannot get to your goals by yourself. And so what you're going to need as you're trying to progress and as you're trying to get better you're going to need other people who know other people to help you. And in other, other terms, it's called networking. You're going to need help. And so if you're immature and if you're not mature with yourself, 
And if every time someone talks to you, all you do is complain, why in the world would anybody refer you to somebody or something better if all you do to everybody else is complain? You see, the thing is, if you complain now, when you get what you want, you're going to complain when you get that too. Trust me, I was in a space where when I thought I got what I wanted, everything would be all good. It's it's when you get something new, it comes with its own problems, no matter what it is. And so many times what happens is when someone starts a conversation with me or with 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 maybe you, if you're in this space and all you talk about is how bad things are. Hey, how you doing? Hey, is everything all right? Hey, you know, how's your week going? Hey, how, how's, how's it been going? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I understand not every day is going to be great. Not every day is going to be, you know, sunshines and rainbows. I understand life is life. But at the same time, it's like whenever you talk to somebody, like all they talk about is what's, what's going wrong. There's never any joy. It's like, it's like nothing good ever happens in their lives because they're just so stuck and doing what they're doing. And so the question is, if you need other people to help you get to the next level, then who wants to talk to somebody like that? Who wants to talk to somebody that every time you talk to them, there's no joy, there's no confidence, there's no drive, and they always complain about where they are and what they don't have. So why would somebody want to network you to somebody that has what you want when all you do when you're in the space that you're in now is complain? So if they give you those resources that you need, what are you going to do with their resources? You're going to waste it. So why would they give it to you? You see where maturity comes in? You have to be mature with yourself, but then also you have to be mature because you're going to need help from other people. So we have to watch our attitudes as we grow. And so what we need to do is when we're in this space where we're working towards something, but we haven't got it yet. We need to show others that, yeah, my situation is tough right now. Yeah, my situation, work is hard right now. Yeah, I don't, I'm not getting the goals that I want right now, but I'm not going to to let what, uh, what's going on around me. I'm not going to let that affect my attitude. I'm not going to let that affect my joy. And I'm not going to let that affect my confidence and what God can do for me. So imagine if I saw somebody or if you saw somebody and if you were interviewing somebody on a job and this job can change this person's life. I'm talking about this job can give them, you know, financial stability. This job can give them, you know, their own place. This job gives them benefits. This job gives them everything they're looking for. (coughs) Excuse me. And you have two candidates and you have these two candidates and both of them are in bad situations. But one of them, as you interview candidate A. All candidate A talks about is how bad their life is. And if they don't get their job, this job, they don't know if they can make it. So all they do is complain. But then uh, candidate B is in the same situation that candidate A is in. But he said, I'm in this position, but I'm working every day to get better. I'm working every day to look for an opportunity. I'm looking every day to find ways where I can excel and to increase. Who are you giving the job to? Nobody's giving the job to option A. All you do is sit there and complain and you're literally sitting there kind of begging. Why would anybody want to entrust something of theirs to you? 
I'm giving it to option B. Yeah, they're they're in the same situation as you, but their attitude is better. And I know if I give them my resources, they're going to take advantage of it because they're doing it without it. So if they're doing it without it, what do you think they're going to do with it? That's where maturity comes in. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God, but he also did it with man. You have to be mature with others. Then number three, not only do you have to be mature with yourself and be mature with others, but number three, you have to be mature with God. You got to be mature with God. You have to know that if you're in a dire situation, you have to know that God's going to take care of you. But watch this. You have a role and I have a role. You have to understand that you have to make God top priority. You have to make him top priority. See, sometimes what's going to happen is as you're at work, as you're, as you're at school, as you're wherever you are, your faith is going to be tested. And mature people know that God is always going to take care of them. Mature people know this. Here's, here's an example. There was an instance one time where a manager at a, at a high-end company, he told me that, hey, I need you to start working on Wednesdays starting at 7, and I need you to close. And so he said, uh, if you don't do this, you know, there may be some consequences if, if this doesn't happen. So here's the situation. I needed the money. Here's the situation. If I would have lost that job, I didn't know where, where money was going to come in. And if I lost that job, I didn't know if I would have the opportunity to get another one as quickly as I got that one. So the situation was dire. I needed it. But what did he say? He said, you need to sacrifice God in order to get this gain. So guess what that is? That's a test. And so I, I, you know, I talked to my parents about it. I prayed about it. And so the next day I went in and I told him, I will respectfully, you don't have to be disrespectful, but respectfully, I told him, I will not work at this time on Wednesdays. If you have to let me go today, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, but I cannot, and I'm not going to, I can't. I have to go. I'm going to services. I'm not going to. I can't do that. And so guess what he did? He respected it and he kept me on the job. You see, people, if people know who you are, if people know you're a Christian, guess what people are going to do at your job? They're going to test you to see if you say who you really are. They're going to test. And he knew that. He knew I was a preacher. He knew he, he understood who I was. But he tried to test. I said, hey, I can't do that. I'm sorry. And he respected it. And he worked his schedule to mine. You see, sometimes what we have to do is we get so scared, but we have to put the ball in their court. So, look, it doesn't matter respectfully. It doesn't matter what decision you make, whether you keep me or whether you let me go. I understand that no matter what you do, the Lord's going to take care of me. You see, mature people think that way. Immature people think, well, I need the money, so I'm going to sacrifice God's time for mine. That's immature. So you will never understand, but godliness with contentment is great gain because you're thinking that the money is the gain, but you're really losing. That's immature. 
that's immature. And so, like I said before, people are going to test you to see if you are who you really are. Another instance, I was working. People knew I was a preacher. And every day, guess what this guy did? I'm talking about this was like on a week-to-week basis. Hey, you did a good job today. Hey, we're all going to the bar. Drinks and, and your meals on me. I'll get you a draft. I'll get you this. No, man, I'm good. I appreciate it, though. Thanks, man. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't do that. All right, cool. Guess what he did the next day? Hey, man, drinks are on me. I'm bringing drinks to work. Nah, man, I'm good. He knew who I was, and he was testing me. People will test you to see, are you who you really are? And so guess what you have to be with God? You have to be mature in knowing that if I lose what I have right now, are you mature enough? And is your faith to a level where you are mature enough that you know that God's going to take care of me, whether you hire me or you don't, whether you keep me on this job or you don't? Guess what? In both situations, y'all, I needed the money. I was desperate. I needed the money in both situations. But guess what faith does? Faith trusts God. Faith doesn't trust the money. And so now let's get into what we're talking about. So in order to understand, but godliness with contentment is great gain, you have to be mature with yourself. You have to be mature with other people. You have to be mature with God. And all of this is just an attitude switch. You see, the thing about this was there were times where I just needed my attitude switched. You know, I just needed a a kick in the behind. And so I'm not saying this to look down on you. I'm not saying this to, but I'm saying it because everybody needs a little kick sometimes. And if I really love you, I wouldn't say it, but I care about all of you guys. And you might be in that space right now where you're working towards better, but on your journey, as you're working towards better, your attitude's wrong. You're complaining. Your priorities are off. So no wonder you don't have what you want because Quite frankly, at the time, I was the problem for me, and right now, you're the problem. So I understand that this isn't, you know, the most comfortable thing to hear, but I want you guys to excel. And sometimes in order to excel, you have to realize you're the issue, and you kind of have to get over yourself a little bit. And I, I had to do the same thing, too. So we have to be mature in those three ways. Now we can move to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 3 verse number uh, six. So let's look at our context here. So this is, this is a wonderful text here. First Timothy chapter six, and let's, let's actually start. Uh, well, we need to start earlier. We got to start in verse number three of first Timothy chapter six. Now what happens is Paul is writing to Timothy, a young preacher, right? So he's getting him ready for, for preaching. And so notice what he says. So actually, no, let's start in verse one. So here's the context. As many masters are under the yoke, count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed, and that they have believing masters. Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. So let's stop there. So what Paul is saying here is the relationship between masters and servants. So servants obey and honor your masters, but masters, because you're above the servants, don't look down on them because you're above them. So that's a teaching that Paul told Timothy to teach. 
So then watch verse three. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look, now he's adding something. So he's saying, number one, if someone teaches otherwise of what I just taught you about servants and masters, and if someone teaches otherwise of anything else that I have written to you, then what should you do? And to the doctrine according to godliness, right? So the doctrine, so all of the, the doctrine is godliness. What type of person is he? Watch verse four and five. He is proud and he knows nothing. But he dots questions and strives of words where come envy, strife, railings, evil, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. Supposing, watch this, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. So this is the teaching that was happening in certain places. So people were saying that when you gain, that means that you are godly when you gain stuff. But Paul said, if you think that you're a proud person, he said, if you think that you don't know anything, he said, if you think that, then you'll do all these other things. So here's the question. Does verse four describe me and does verse four describe you? You see, sometimes, you know, think about this for a second. When you receive something, what does everybody call it? Oh, it's a blessing. Oh, this is a blessing. So let's say you got a bunch of stuff, right? Does that mean that you're godly because you got a bunch of stuff? But what were they teaching? They were teaching that gain is godliness. So guess what immature people think today? If I could gain a little more money. If I can gain more status at my job, if I can gain independence, if I can gain a new car, if I can gain this relationship, if I can gain this, then I can work on my godliness. Guess what that process is called? Immaturity. But watch how Paul switches it. But, so now he's going to switch the thinking. But godliness with contentment, that's great gain. So now let's define some words here. So when we're talking about godliness in verse five and six, godliness means true devotion to God there in the text. And so these men were teaching that true devotion to God is you gaining stuff. But Paul said true devotion to God is being content. Now, what does content mean? Content here in the text means self-satisfaction or knowing that I don't need anything physical to make me sufficient. So immature people think that sufficiency comes from gain. So I'm sufficient as a human being if I have a well-paying job. I'm sufficient as a human being, if I have a nice car, I'm sufficient if I have all this money in my bank account. I'm sufficient if I know where I'm going in life. You see, you're twisted, and I was twisted at one time. That's immature. But guess what godliness does? 
Godliness recognizes this. Godliness realizes that sufficiency comes from being content. I want more money. Is that wrong in and of itself? Not necessarily. But think about this. Are you thankful for the money that you have now? And are you being wise with the money that you have now? So that's mature thinking. Even though you want more for yourself, are you content with what you have? Then number two, I want my own place. That's great. That's wonderful. That's a great thing to have. But are you thankful that you're living in a place, and especially if you're living in a place rent-free right now? Are you taking advantage of saving money and being wise with your funds now? That's what mature people think. See, here's the question. Why would the Lord bless me? And why would the Lord bless you if you aren't content with what he's given you already? You ever think about that? Why would the Lord bless you? And why would the Lord bless me if I'm not content with what I have now? He won't. And so the thing is, we have to understand being content. Now, let's let's take a quick sidebar here. Now, this is what I am saying, and this is what I'm not saying. I'm trying to, to get my communication skills right, so I want to make things clear. We have to know the difference between contentment and being satisfied. So you should always want better for yourself. And that's fine to want better for yourself. But here's the difference. When you want better for yourself, don't complain about what you've already got or the situation you're already in until you get what you want. That's immature. But what maturity does is on the road to wanting better for myself, on the road to it, I'm still thankful that the Lord has even decided to bless me with what I have now. Does that make sense? And so that example of, okay, I want a new car. That's a, that's a great goal to have. But as you're working towards that goal, every time you get in your car, you complain about the car that you got. Hate this thing. Man, I don't want to be in this thing. Man, I would, I would do anything else and be in this car. Yeah, but that's better than walking though, isn't it? It's better than riding public transportation, isn't it? It's better than riding your bike, isn't it? You see, it's not wrong to want more for yourself. But with what God has blessed you now, be thankful. That's what mature people do. That's what mature people do. And you see, the, the thing about all of this, about being godly with great gain, here in that text, when he's talking about godliness, guess what that refers to? Notice, if you go back to verse 3, at the bottom of verse 3, it says, and to the doctrine that is according to godliness. So now let's switch doc, let's switch godliness with doctrine in verse 6. But the doctrine or the word of God along with contentment is great gain. You know what we and I've done this before too. You know what we run away from? We run away from the doctrine that is godly That'll bring us contentment and that'll bring us great gain. And we put the doctrine on the back burner and then we put work, 
We put our goals. We put our visions. We put what we don't have now. We put our situation we're in now. We put all of that stuff before God thinking that that's going to bring us gain. God describes us as being people that are proud and that think they know something, but you know nothing. And then you go around dotting about questions about strife and words. And then next thing you know, when someone else gets what you want, then you, at the end of verse four, you become envious. You become strival, strifeful against that person. You rail, you talk about them behind their back and you do evil surmisings. You ever see people do stuff like that? When somebody gets something, then they're happy and they'll talk to them and be nice to their face. But then they'll talk to somebody right there and just, mm, that's crazy. That That's evil. That's evil. And some people think from verse five, they think that type of stuff gains godliness. But notice he said, but if you stick with the doctrine and if you're content, now I'm not saying that you're satisfied with where you are, but if you are thankful and if you are sufficient, here's the thing, guys. When you have the doctrine of God, when you when you seek first the kingdom, bro, you can have nothing. You could be sleeping in a church building. You could have no money in the bank account. But if you have the doctrine and if you are content, not satisfied, but content, you have great gain. I don't understand. Sometimes we don't get that get that concept that. And this is and this is my opinion. I believe that sometimes we don't think the Bible's enough. Well, yeah, the Bible's good, but I feel like I need to do this first. You're one of those people, and I was in that space, so I'm not pointing the finger here. I'm saying I was there too. Sometimes we think we need other stuff more than the Bible to help us. Y'all, this thing is it's life changing. It's life changing. And I'm not saying when you follow the Bible, you're going to have all your riches. I'm not saying when you follow the Bible, everything's going to go your way. I'm not talking about when you follow the Bible, everything's always going to work out for you. It's not. But this is what I am saying. No matter what happens to you when you follow the doctrine, the doctrine keeps you sufficient in no matter what state you are. So even if you don't have that job yet, you're still sufficient. Even if you don't have all the money that you want right now, you're still sufficient. Even if you don't have the car that you want, you're still sufficient. But it takes a mature mind to see that. See, immature people always find a way to, number one, complain. And immature people always find a way to put something in the place of the Bible. So if you think, Option A, B, or C will help you get to the level that you want to get to. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you get there. But godliness with contentment, that's great gain. That stuff is great gain. And so the thing that, that Paul's trying to get them to understand is the word of God has to be paramount in your life. See, when you make certain decisions on faith, guys, sometimes you may be in jeopardy of losing your job. But what's more important to you, your job or the doctrine? See, mature people will know how to differentiate the two. 
What's more important to you, your job or your goals? What's more important to you, your job or your dreams? You know, or the doctrine or your dream. See, the thing is, you got to understand that the scripture can help you to get those things. And the scripture will add these things to you. But you have to make the conscious decision, guys, to make the Bible top priority. And you can't let anybody or anyone hold something over you in order for you to give away the gospel. Look, look, you know, I love you here. But if you start going to to services and if you start doing this, I'm going to have to hire somebody else. What are you going to do? Are you so afraid that you will not find a job that you're just going to stay there and sacrifice service time? According to first Timothy, now these are not my words. According to first Timothy six, you're immature. You see, you have to start thinking about things differently and that's an attitude change and that's a culture change for you. But if you're not mature with yourself, if you're not mature with others, and if you're not mature with God, I don't care what it is, you're always going to think and you're always going to make the excuse that something else is more important right now than God. You're always going to make that choice. And guys, I love you enough to tell you this because I live through that and I don't want you to make that choice, guys. Godliness with contentment, that's great gain. That stuff is great gain. So my encouragement to you through the scripture and what we've looked at today, guys, today, change your attitude. Just like I had to get that kick in the behind, I, you know, I'll give it to you today. Change your attitude. When people talk to you, understand, I understand things aren't great right now. But what's going good in your life right now? What what, what was a good thing that happened today? What was what was something nice? I don't care how small it is. Hey, I went to, I know I had a tough day at work today, but I, I went to the gas station. And they had my favorite soda. That's awesome. Tell me something good. You know, so who wants to talk to somebody that every time you talk to them, they're just always down on their life? And who wants to help that person if if there's no optimism about where they're going? We have to switch our attitudes. And notice, and and at the end of verse four, he says, if you have this attitude, you're going to start talking about people. If you found yourself in that in that mode where you're kind of where you're doing that because you'll have an attitude where you'll start looking at other people like, man, they got this, they got this, they got this. I don't have this. I don't have this, that, 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 you know, that's, that's a sign of verse four. And I just want you guys and myself too. I'm pointing the finger here at me this whole time. I want myself and you guys to be mature, to be mature. So guess what mature people do? Mature people help people. Mature people help themselves. Mature people understand that God is going to help them no matter what boss, no matter what anybody else says that they're threatening to do. They understand God's going to help me. So my question to you is today, how's your attitude? And number two, how's your faith? If they're both low, 
maybe you maybe you need to get up and you need to start changing. Maybe I need to get up and start changing. And so the thing about contentment, guys, it's an attitude. It's a, it's a mindset that no matter what anybody else says about me, no matter what no no matter what happens, I'm content. And so there's so many times in this life where we find ourselves not content. You know, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing this and I'm not content. You know, I'm, you know, I did all this and this isn't happening for me. Contentment is an attitude. And you need to change your mindset and change your attitude as I had to. And as I continue to try to. So godliness with contentment is great, great gain. I hope we can change our attitudes, guys, because this is this is paramount for us moving forward. And just because somebody's in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50, I don't view age as maturity anymore. You know, I've met people that are 40, that are 50, that have whole families that are just as immature as teenagers. So just because you're older and to be quite frank, just because you're older and just because you're a Christian doesn't mean I'm going to ask your advice. I've learned I've learned great advice from older people, but I've learned great advice from talking to a child. <laughs> to be honest, maturity is mindset. It's not age. Maturity is mindset and what you're doing in your actions. So maybe you got to switch it up. I hope you do. I hope your attitude changes. I hope my attitude changes and I hope that we can continue to grow and get better. That's all this is for. And the thing about growth, sometimes with growth, it's it's hard. It's not a fun process, but that's what that's what the scripture is going to help us do. But godliness, the doctrine, the word of God with contentment, understanding that no matter where the Lord places me or what's in my life right now, I am sufficient because I have the doctrine. I have great gain. So nobody. If nobody wants this from you, if nobody wants that from you, if your boss holds this up, nobody has the power over Jordan. Nobody, nobody has the power over me to make me lose my joy because of what you did to me. Nobody, nobody has the power that, hey, Jordan, if you do this, you're going to, you're not going to take it away. It's not going to happen. And that's not a wrong attitude to have. That's contentment. Paul had it. He's trying to transfer it to Timothy, and I want to transfer it to you. Godliness with contentment is great game. Man, wonderful study, isn't it? So but so much to work on, man. I mean, it's it's an attitude change, you know, and, and it's just it's just wonderful when you when you can do this and when you can change your attitude and when you can have a better outlook on things in life. And I promise you that if you can apply these things from scripture. Things are going to get better. I promise you that. I, I appreciate you guys so much. Continue to like and share the podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe there. Uh, share anytime that you guys can. I appreciate you guys so much. Love you guys very much. Um, I want to see you guys grow. I want to see you guys develop. Um, I want to see you guys improve. Um, love you guys very much. I appreciate you, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Thanks, guys.